Joey and Mandy, everything divorce related. We can put the S back in your ex appeal. Joey and Mandy, the friends you didn't know you needed on my ex appeal and everything divorce podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to my ex appeal, your everything divorce podcast. We are the friends that you didn't know you needed. I am Joey Camaro and I am here with Mandy Baker. And we are your best friend. So, Mandy, they press play again. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You, don't, you don't know that. We have been saying in our episodes that we have at least five listeners. So if you're here as number six, you want Thank you. Cue the balloons. So today's topic is mediator versus attorney. And I know that sounds super scary. And if you're going through a divorce and or you are thinking about a divorce, the whole process can be very, very overwhelming. But the first step, aside from talking to your spouse, that has to be the, that has to be the first step in deciding if this is right for you. And or maybe you're just doing your research. Maybe you're just curious and you say, I'm going to just do a little bit of research to see what I need to do. And then you talk to your spouse. But it is important that you talk to your spouse at some point. A lot of people leave the other person in the dark and that never goes well. So we're going to talk a little bit about mediator versus attorney because a lot of people going through a divorce or thinking about getting a divorce, they don't realize that you don't need to hire an attorney and you don't need to necessarily serve papers. That's like in the, the movies are like, I, you've been served, you know, and that's not necessarily the case. So Mandy, I know yes. that when you went through your divorce, so we're, we're each divorced. Mandy is mm-hmm. divorced. We're not divorced from each other. We're each Mandy uh, was divorced and I have been divorced and we went to a completely different route with our yes. divorce. Although we, if you listen to our other episode about kind of why we're doing this podcast, we are not going to dive too much into detail about our divorce, but we want to give you as much information as we possibly can. And before we say anything, neither one of us are attorneys. Right. So every, the advice that we give you, these are never, they're not commands, they're suggestions. And you need to do your own research for where you are, for Mm -hmm. sure. And every state is different, unfortunately, when it comes to divorce in the United States of America, every single state is somehow different. It is not a universal process. So you do have to do your own research uh, or reach out to us and, and we'll help you. But With that said, a lot of people don't understand that they may, may not need, we're going to choose our words lightly because very carefully, don't come at me. (laughs) Don't come at me. Mandy, you went with an attorney. You went for the attorney room. I did because I did not know that I could just do a mediator. And had I known that, I think my process would have been vastly different. I did go with an attorney. I called, um, called around. Well, my story is very, um, I moved. So I moved states before I got divorced and I had to wait 
six months to be a resident in Texas in order to file. So during those six months, I just lived my life, didn't think about it. I was separated. And then when it came down to file with the courts, I did. I went the lawyer route and immediately right out the gate had to pay a retainer of, I think, close to $3,000. That was a lot. So that hit me right out the gate because had I known before, had I had a divorce coach or someone to walk me through the process, I would have been saving. Right? So that's $3,000 right out of pocket that you need just to have a conversation with a lawyer and to get them all the things that they need to move this process forward, which is a lot. So I I did go the divorce lawyer route and ended up switching lawyers in the middle. So I had to pay another retainer. Oh, I was, gonna, I was just going to ask that question. And when, when you go to an attorney, and I'm sure every attorney, and by the way, too, I'm, gonna, I'm putting all these disclaimers in. Just, yeah. Um, we are not anti-lawyer at all. No, not at all. Not at all. What, I have a mediation practice here in Massachusetts. And we actually, we work with a many, many, many attorneys. And when we have couples come in that we know that we can't help, we, we have attorneys that we will refer them to or refer. Absolutely. And so we, uh, I, I, some of my best mentors are attorneys. So we're not anti-attorney at all. We're just, not at all. We're just stating what happened to us and um, the, the facts and how they take retainers. And I can see why they do because it's a lot of work to be in a... Oh, it's, I think it's a lot of work. And I think it's also the fact that they want to make sure that they're not doing the work in vain. Yeah. I think, like they, they're not doing all this work and then you're out here talking to somebody else. Like you hired them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they need to get paid. And they need to, absolutely. They need to get paid. So my question yeah. to you though, Mandy, if you had said to that lawyer, I don't have $3,000, would they just say, well, I'm sorry, you can't come to me? Or do they say, do they suggest you? Cause I've heard that lawyers and I don't, and again, I'm, I don't know if this is a fact. I've heard lawyers say, can you raise the money somehow? Yes. Okay. They do. They do. That is definitely something. Um, they, she did want the retainer for sure. Yeah. And um, I had the room on my credit, luckily, to be able to put that on there. But then it's the interest. So $3,000 really isn't $3,000. $3,000 plus whatever interest is added as you're paying off. So they, they do like to have that retainer because again, it locks you in as their client and they know that they're not preparing all of this work because it is a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot to be involved as an outsider walking into someone's divorce because if you're a family attorney, I can only imagine having to keep this family A straight, family B straight, family C straight and all of that swarm of paperwork that comes at you. So paying that retainer did lock lock it in for sure to be a client that a client turning privilege, a client, a client, whatever. You're a client. I am a client. Client <laughs> attorney privilege. Um but I want to know more about the process of how people just go through a mediator. Cause what I did we did go through mediation. However, both lawyers were in the room. So we had to pay both lawyers their hourly fee because by that time the retainer had run out. Now you're on hourly pay. And that hourly pay, Joey, is broken down into 10-minute segments. 
So if they read an email for 10 minutes, whatever their hourly pay is, you're getting billed. So if their hourly pay is $500, for 10 minutes, you're paying them $50 to read an email. Yes. And it just adds right back an email. Yeah. Correct. Or write back an email. So for my mediation, I had to pay my lawyer and the mediator for 12 hours. And you sat in a room and this was at the court or you faced No, this. Well, the court in Texas, from what I understand, and this is my experience, I was told that we had to go through mediation first because the family law was so backed up in the county that the, the judges wanted you to try to work it out with the mediator first. Huh? Yeah. yeah. But because if you think about it, when you go to court, here's someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know your circumstances, all of a sudden making a judgment, like you have to abide by what they decide for your family. Right. Why would you want that? Because they don't know your kids. They don't know your living circumstances. They don't know what you want to do. And now all of a sudden you are locked, you are locked in. And any amendment that you have to do with that has to go through the court. And again, they don't know you. They dive a dozen neck, 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 you know? So going through mediation for me was great because we got to be in a little bit of control with the guidance of our lawyers at the same time. So I'm curious to know with you and Mark, without having a lawyer present, because we were in a separate room, like we never saw each other and the mediator would run in between the rooms. And then whatever we had discussed with the mediator, once he left, my lawyer and I would dive deeper into that subject. Just so anyone who's listening understands, when you hire an attorney, an attorney cannot represent both people in the matter. No, not at all. You hire an attorney and then your spouse has to hire an attorney as well. So everything that Mandy's saying, her her ex-spouse was doing the same thing, getting a retainer, paying an hourly fee like that. So that's all... Those are separate. People don't understand that. You don't just walk into an attorney's office unless the attorney is a mediator. And some attorneys are mediators, by the way. So you can, it's all preference, what you want to do with your life. So you could go in and, and the attorney could say, oh, I'll mediate for the both of you. But an attorney cannot represent two people at the same time. So when you hire an attorney, you each need an attorney. So if you're thinking about this, just know that you have to get an attorney. And when you say Mandy, Mm -hmm. 3000, that's, that's a, that's a starting point because um, some attorneys charge between five and $10,000 for a retainer. So everybody's different. They can charge every, yeah, everyone's different. Depends, I guess, on their level of expertise or their reviews or where where they are, where they are in their career and where they are with their firm. Cause you can hire a firm and get an attorney within that firm, or you can hire a standalone family attorney that has their own practice or, or geographic location is different too. And like we said at the beginning, we're, we're speaking, you were in Texas, I'm in Massachusetts. Every state is completely different too. So prices will be different as well. So, but yeah, just know that you do have that retainer and you, we've had couples come in that, that, you know, one person, they, they ate up their retainer and their $5,000 retainer is gone. And now they're like, shit, 
I need yep. to, I need to try to figure this out on my own because I'm right. And you're still at the beginning of the, of the process and you're like, how did all of that money go away so fast? And yet I'm still married. I'm still separated. There's been no forward movement. So going the mediator route is definitely an option for some people. So walk us through that. Okay. And, and, and also mediators, like you said, each person can have an attorney that represents them and then still go into mediation. Yes. So it can kind of be a combination of um, different things, you know, mm-hmm. where you have, you have both. So for mediation, mediation is completely voluntary and you work. I don't want to say you work as a couple because I, obviously you're, you're getting a divorce and so not everything's unicorns and rainbows, but you would work together to come up with your agreement. So at the end of the day, you need a, an agreement. It's basically a settlement. Instead yeah. of going into court, you're settling. Now, every state's different. Some states, you don't have to go to court at the end of the day. In some states, you do. In Massachusetts, you have to physically go to court no matter what and stand in front of a judge. But there are mm-hmm. other, but say like New Hampshire is right above us. You do not necessarily have to go to court. The The court will read your agreement and approve your divorce. But in Massachusetts, you still have to go. You still have to go to court. So again, every state is different Interesting. for Massachusetts because I'm a mediator in Massachusetts. And like I said earlier, some mediators are attorneys. Some mediators are therapists. Some mediators, they're neither. That's that's me. I don't have any background in therapy or I did not go to law school. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that I don't understand Massachusetts laws. It doesn't mean that I don't right. understand the divorce process. And some attorneys are actually not great mediators. It's all a de- It all depends because in mediation, you work together to come up with your agreement. It's all negotiating. That's basically the okay. way I look yeah. at it. So you come in together and you may not, maybe you're at the point where you can't be in the same room. Like you just said, you're not, you're in two different rooms. It's called private caucusing. So some mediators like to do that. Some mediators don't. You could be in two separate rooms and go back and forth. But what we explain to couples is you come in and you say, just tell me what you want. What do you want your yeah. life to look like? How, how, if you have children, how often would you want your children to live with you or live in the, the same house? Um, where, what do you want to do with your marital home? What do you want? And then the other spouse can say what they want. And then you each want something, right? You're not going to get everything that you, okay, it's going to, there's going to be checks and balances, right? But what we do is you want this, this person wants this, and we start going like this. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what mediator is doing. We're not telling you what to do. We're certainly not giving legal advice. We can tell you what the laws are, right? Right. We, we're not going to tell you what to do. You're an adult going through this together. You don't know what you don't know. That's why we're there to kind of help you. We give you creative ideas on things that you can do because, uh, we had a, we went to, a. uh, it was online, but a, a conference essentially for mediators. And this one media, she had such a great analogy. You have one table, one dining room table, and you have a one tablecloth on that table. And maybe that tablecloth, because your money has been tight for years, maybe that tablecloth barely even fits over that dining room table. Oh. And you're constantly pulling from one side, pulling from the other, trying to get that tablecloth on the table. Okay, that's hard enough as it is. Now, when you get a divorce... 
you're going to have two dining room tables and one tablecloth, right? That's your bank accounts with money, all your assets, right? Now you have to figure out how to cover those two dining room tables with that one, one tablecloth. How are we going to do that? What can we, what are we going to creatively come up with so you can each live your lives? And that's what the court wants to see. The court wants to make sure that you can each live. And especially if you have children in the mix, Mm -hmm. your children are going to be able to live as well. Right. And that your children are not going to have a vastly different life at one house than the other. So yeah, that's true. They're not going to go to a mansion on the weekends and this shack dump during during the week. Mm-hmm. So you're working together to come up with that agreement together. So that's that's the difference with an attorney. Attorneys basically, you're kind of one attorney's here, one attorney's here. They're kind of fighting it out back and forth, back and forth. You go in front of a judge. And like you said, Mandy, the judge is going to make your decision on your life. Life. On your life. And I know you don't like your spouse right now or you guys are not getting along. But if you can figure out a way to just work together to decide your life, you need to figure out a way to decide your life. So that means putting differences aside, putting the anger aside, putting, you know, I'm not saying take the emotion out of it because you cannot. It's impossible. Correct. But if you can just do that for a second and work together, not even, don't even have to be in the same room then you can go to mediation and you can settle outside of the court. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. I also want to say that had I done the work, I I was in therapy prior to going through um, my mediation, but had I done the work and had I had a friend who understood what I was going through, sit down with me and say, okay, you're about to go into mediation for your life. Let's lay out, because I was doing that in the middle of my mediation. What did I want my life to look like? Well, shit, I'm also paying for my mind work during that time. I'm paying my lawyer and the mediator. Had I done that work prior to and had an outline, a, a, I want to say, not a somber, that's not the word, just a quiet set where I sat down and said, this is what I want my life to look like. That way, when I went in, can't help it. You're about to see your soon-to-be ex. Emotions are high. Your life is about to completely be turned on its head. What do I want that to look like? You need an outline. You need to go in with a clear head, a clear mind, some non-negotiables. This is what I, I definitely need. Be it financially, be it the house, be it the car, vacation, whatever it is. Be it the kids. Right. And you're not going to, and, and know that you're not going to get everything. You're not going to get everything on your wish list. But if you have priorities that you are not willing to negotiate, you, you need to have, because that might be different for your ex-spouse. They might really want the house, but you really want the kids. So is there a way to work, balance that, like you said, Joey, the coming together to be able to split it for everybody? Because going through it without an outline of what you want your life to look like is a hot mess of a day. It's emotionally draining. Yeah. And for some, I mean, one parent has to go home. If you have a family, if you have a family, one parent's going home to those kids at the end of that day. Yeah. 
And you're drained. What are you giving? And you're agreed and you're drained and, and you can't take it out on them. Like I think about mine. I was the one with my children after the mediation and I was lucky enough to have my parents have them. And my parents were like, how long do you need? I need at least two hours. Like I've just been sitting in this thing for 12 hours. Like I need a minute. They were like, go, go grab dinner by yourself. We've got the kids for dinner. We'll bring them to you. And that was what I needed. I needed a breath. But not a lot of people have that. I'm just, I guess my whole point to this is having friends and that can help you outline that. So whether you're going to a lawyer or a mediator, don't try to work it out that day. Work it out beforehand and go in with an outline for you and then start negotiating off that outline. Because you're going to forget things in the, in the heat. I'm sure you have couples forget things in the heat of the moment. Oh, yeah. And, they, and, and you're so emotional that you can't think straight. Yeah. So taking breaks or like you said, having things written down and just knowing what you want. Uh, because sometimes people are emotionally tied to their home. Right. And at the end of the day, is that is is that what's best for everybody, though? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be, you know, your kids grew up there or you're you you built that home with your bare hands, whatever the case may be. But right. right, but if you write that down, but then go into the mediation, and your spouse says, "But we we literally can't afford to be in that, like to have you stay in this home," and then so you write down everything about that home, like you just you have to make it. Um, again, you can't take the emotion out, but at some point you have to make it a little bit cold in a way. Yeah, say, okay, I'm going to write this down about my home. I'm emotionally attached to my home. I'm going to stay in the home. He is going to buy me out. Um, but then in five years, if the roof collapses, will I have $10,000 to put in? Right. You know, so you maintain it. Yeah. Like, do I know how to mow the lawn? And no, I don't want to mow a lawn, but will I be able to hire somebody at $300 a week to come mow my lawn? Like, so you, you have, you have to be in the right state of mind because this is how you're going to live your life. So, right. Like you said, writing things down, having some sort of an outline and, and, you know, and having friends that understand this process. So like, yes, the, you know, I think Mandy, like meaning like us, we're your friends, right? So, um, because listening to too many people will throw you for a loop because you're, oh, it's bad. Your friends will be like, yeah, I have a friend who's getting X amount of dollars per week for child support. Why are you only getting that for child support? They get this much. Okay. Well, child support is crazy because you, it depends on your income. It depends on your lifestyle. It's a, there are a lot of things go into child support. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't listen to, you know, mm-hmm. Cheryl, Cheryl says that her friend that she works with is getting X amount of dollars. So, but that's what people do. They listen to all the, all these people and you have to kind of take out that noise as well. But, um, I think that the bottom line with all of that is you have to do what's right for you. And if hire an attorney, Maybe you have a ton of assets. Maybe you yeah. have bank accounts and retirements and you're just like, I need a lawyer to deal with this. You know, um, maybe you're in a very, very contentious situation, but there are high conflict mediators too. So when you're, when you're interviewing your mediators and you should be interviewing people, when you're interviewing your mediators and your attorneys, you can ask them if they have, you know, um, experience in high conflict situations, you know? So they know how to deal with it. But you really need to do your homework and find somebody who is right for you. And if that's, if that's an attorney, then do that. If you feel absolutely, then do that. If you 
if you go with a mediator, then do that. You know, myself and uh, my my husband now, he has a master's degree in conflict resolution. I do not. With neither one of us are attorneys, but I think we do. He's got tattoos and we're not your typical. We don't wear suits. You know, I do love a good blazer. I do. I, <laughs> I love a blazer. I wear blazers a lot. But we, you know, we're not your typical suit and tie people. And yeah. that, we, your, your vibe attracts your tribe, you know? Absolutely. People come to us just because they feel comfortable with us and they know that we have experience in it. We're each divorced and we understand and we're compassionate and we lead with empathy. So that's why people come to us. But if I love that, but if that's not what you want, yeah, if you need it, if you need a cutthroat, then go get a cutthroat. Because there's some, yeah, there's some attorneys out there that will, ooh, it's litigation. It's a, yeah. it's a completely different thing. And then there's attorneys that used to litigate that now have turned into mediation only. Isn't that interesting? They moved away from litigation for that reason. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to fight anymore, anymore. Yeah. So uh, a mediator has both your interest in mind through the whole process. Um, they're it they the it omnipartial. Oh, so they're they're kind of for everybody. They're for each spouse, the children, anyone involved. Just everybody is is there in our best interest. I'll tell you one thing: as a mediator, I'm certainly not going to send you um, send your agreement in front of a judge that looks lopsided because we have people ask us all the time, like, how do we know you're not taking side? You think I'm going to, that's your reputation. Yeah. Like I'm selfishly, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that. Cause I, 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 get, I got into this business to help people. Right. Right. Um, so that's number one, but number two, come on. You think I'm going to put my name on something that like a judge is going to be like, what is, what's this idiot doing? What is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I wouldn't do that either. So I think yeah. it's, I think the bottom line, Mandy, you know, to wrap this up, cause we're trying not to make this a long episode, but I think the bottom line is everyone should do their homework. I love what you said about an outline. Write down everything you want. Sky's the limit. Just write. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then do your homework and interview and find out who you feel comfortable with and maybe even talk to your spouse about what they would want to do, how they would want to do it. You know? Yeah. The beast. If y'all can talk. If you can talk. Yeah. Don't if go you down. Don't, don't go down. Toxic no. road. You don't need no. to go down. To, to toxic road. So, um, and, and we're here to help if anyone ever needs our help. You know, like we said, we're always here to help. So reach out to us at any time and we'll do our best to put you in the right direction if need be. And if we don't know that yet, so we will definitely find out. If you are still listening to this episode, that means that you made it all the way to the end and you're still here with us. And we are so grateful for that. If you like our episodes, be sure to listen to the next one and find us on Instagram. Send us a message because we really want to hear your stories. We want to hear your comments. We would love to hear from you. And if there are any topics that you'd like us to cover, we will certainly try our best to cover them. But for now, we will see you next time. And thank you so much. Thanks to our listeners, sponsors, and our lawyers on my ex appeal and everything divorce podcast. <laughs>